Welcome to Leading with Intention with Monique Daniel. Over the next hour, you're going to learn how to lead more efficiently and effectively in a post-pandemic world where the workplace has changed dramatically. Now, here's Monique. Welcome to the show. Thank you for tuning in today. I'm your host, Monique. Just a quick announcement before we get started with my great guest today. As many of you know, I've been broadcasting from beautiful Valencia, Spain for the past five weeks. Next week, I'll be coming to you from Madrid. And while I'm there, I will be a guest on Vaughn Radio. I'll be interviewed by Richard Vaughn. He's the founder of Vaughn Town. And you've heard me talk about Vaughn Town before. That's an organization that provides English language services to Spanish business people. And I've been volunteering for Vaughn Town for the past couple summers. And Richard and I are going to have a great two-hour chat on July 4th, and that'll be live. And for those of you in the United States, it will definitely be in the middle of your night, but luckily you'll be able to catch it the next day on demand. So stay tuned for those details on all of my social media, and you can get to my social media from my website at mdconsultingglobal.com. And then the following week, I will be doing my volunteer work for Vontown in an area of Spain called Salamanca. So you can get those details on my social media also. Now for a great show today, a great topic that we're going to delve into that's been coming up a lot in my coaching sessions, and that is around the topic of high sensitivity. And many of you who are listening, who I am coaching, know about that topic or what's called HSP, highly sensitive person. And today we're going to be talking about that. I have a guest here today that is a subject matter expert on high sensitivity. Her name is Annette Desvart. Annette is a professional certified coach through the ICF. She's got over a decade of experience working in the professional and leadership coaching industry. She is a highly trained subject matter expert in this area of high sensitivity and how to leverage that trait in the workplace. Annette is committed to helping highly sensitive persons or HSPs to understand their trait of high sensitivity so they can lead better in the workplace and run their teams more effectively. And I uh, have shared with Annette that I am an HSP and I used to think that my trait was more of a curse than a gift. And Annette is here to help people shift the mindset of that and to really see that trait as their gift that can be highly leveraged in the workplace. Annette, welcome to the show. Well, thanks, Monique. It's a great introduction you made there about sensitivity. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much for being here to help us understand what it means to be an HSP. And like I said, I am one. Mm -hmm. And many of my coaching clients find out throughout our coaching sessions that they also are HSPs. So many of them are familiar with the trait and with the terminology, but for those who aren't familiar with it, can you tell us what it means to be an HSP? 
Yeah, I think it's it depends a lot on uh, if you're aware of the trade or not. Because once you start getting aware, you get this realization of like, oh, wow, I'm normal. I'm not just that there's not something weird with me going on or that it's something uh, something that is not functioning right. So if you don't know uh, that you are highly sensitive, then you, you may feel like you cannot keep up with others or you feel like you're too sensitive and you're very uh, easily, you get tired or you get overwhelmed often. And maybe you struggle with why you feel so different than other people. And so that's if you're not aware. But if you're aware of the traits and you have learned to use the proper self-care and have good boundaries, then you can thrive as an HSP and also to use your temperament in all situations. And then it becomes in like an extra source of information and not, uh, not see it as a problem then. What are some of the, I guess you would say, characteristics of an HSP? Yeah, yeah. Well, to start with, first, it's like it's a temperament trait. It's innate. It's not something you can uh, get later or something you are born with it. And so uh, sometimes people have this experience of, of be becoming sensitive later in life, but then it's always a, a situation like, I don't know, maybe because of a car accident or having a brain trauma, so stuff like that can also make you more sensitive and uh, but the highly sensitive trait in this, in in the um, if you call it um, in the research, it's called sensory processing sensitivity, the SPS, and so it's really innate, um, like you're born with it. And so there's been a lot of research about it uh, by Dr. Elaine Aaron, who's the one who who researched this trait first. Um, before that, it was also named other things, like by Jung and other researchers. So, but Elaine Aaron is the one who has named this the, the high sensitive person HSP. And she came up with like uh, the four characteristics of being a highly sensitive person. Uh, and she calls it's, it's uh, named with an acronym DOES. And it stands for the D is for the depth of processing, which means that HSPs, they think very deeply about things and can process things like extendedly and, and think about, overthink sometimes also a lot. And the O is for overstimulation, uh, which obviously comes from the depth of processing, like you get overwhelmed easily by things if, if you don't have the right uh, self-care in place. And then we have the E for uh, emotions, for empathy, for uh, you are very, very uh, empathetic towards other people often, um, and also very emotionally responsive, um, so that your emotions are more intense than other people might have. And then there's the S for sensitive to subtlety, so you may notice things more um, but also sensitive uh, in in a body uh, in your body. So maybe you're uh, I don't know some a lot of HSPs they cut out the labels of their clothes, for instance, mm -hmm. and also uh, allergies or sensitive physical sensitivity. So the sensitivity to subtleties can be in all kind of different uh, ways. So those are the four basics really about the traits. And then, of course, there's all kinds of other things, like if you're an introvert or an extrovert or um, one that's also a lot talked about these days in the HSP world is if you're high sensation seeking or not. It also 
influences how you experience your trait a lot. And then, of course, there's all kinds of things like how you're brought up, how you were raised, if it's normal or not. Uh, and so all these things have, have influence on uh, how you experience your sensitivity. But the DOES is like really the basic uh, thing, like what the trait described. Thank you so much for breaking that down. That's really helpful. And if we look at the O part of it, the overstimulation, mm-hmm. can that be like with sound, with light? Is yes. it the, the stimulation of the environment? Can you say more about that? Yes, of course. I mean, we process everything more deeply than than non-HSP. So um, you could indeed, I think the the sensitive to be to light or to sounds or uh, smells also, or even electric uh, electric radiation uh, is something that HSPs can be very sensitive to, and that that's like the sensitive to subtleties, and that creates the overwhelm. And um, I think the DOES, the DES, are the things that create the overwhelm. So you didn't. I mean, I, I always say that HSPs are the uh, the people who can overstimulate themselves only by thinking. If we, if we're alone, we can still overstimulate ourselves because we deprocess everything. <laughs> mm. And I'm thinking about myself as you're talking about some of these things, because <laughs> I am a very deep thinker mm-hmm. and I can really entertain myself quite well <laughs> with my own thoughts. Mm-hmm. Um, it never has bothered me to be alone because I'm never bored. I always let people know that, you know, I can, I don't mind waiting in the airport because I'm always entertained by my own thoughts. Um, <clears throat> the overstimulation for me, at least, I remember when I was in the corporate world, going into the office every day to work, mm-hmm. and there were all those big overhead lights and all the cubicles, and there were you know people walking around and talking, and the lights, and even uh, certain smells of the office. All of that seemed to bother me, and I've always felt I'm the ideal person to work from home because, which is now what I do, mm-hmm. because I can control my environment, uh, which I couldn't do, you know, in the office, and even to the point where, uh, to where it's aesthet- aesthetically pleasing to my eye. You know, in my home office, there are plants and there are calming things around me, whereas in the office environment, it was more of a harsh environment. So would you say those are some of the things that involve the overstimulation for an HSP? Yes, definitely. And I think it's, it's, it depends also greatly on, on, like you said, what kind of environment you're in. Because if I'm guessing right, then now you're working from home, you're probably less overstimulated because you have created the environment that you need for yourself. <laughs> Right, and yes. I think that's that's the whole idea. I think that once you know more about your trait, you get insight. Like, what does what does overwhelm me? Uh, where do I get triggered by? How do I how do I take care of myself? And then you can start like seeing what do I need to be less overwhelmed, and so you can start working towards that. And to uh, and yes, some some environments are not very. Uh, very supportive towards HSPs. And I think that, I mean, we don't necessarily need to be accommodated, but we do need an environment that is working for us, that is that is good to us. 
And that can be different for all HSPs because, like I said, the only thing is is that we all have in common is a DOES, and we can have all kinds of other things next to that. I mean, some some HSPs have really extreme sensitive uh, sound sensitivity, like hyperacusis or something. But that is something that you can have. You can have both. It's only like the DOES and you are so much more than that. And so there's the connection and the combination of things that makes it sometimes really difficult. Um, but I think each HSP is unique and we all need to find like what is working for me and then uh, go try if you can create that for yourself. And I remember when I was in the workplace thinking that those types of reactions by me were because I'm an introvert, because I'm also an introvert as well as yeah. an HSP. And so at the time I thought, wow, I'm a real major introvert because I can't even handle working in an office environment. But there's a difference between the two. Can you say more about that? Yeah, sure. Yeah, it's a big difference. Like about 70% of all HSPs are introverted and 30% is actually extroverted. And so they need different things. It's like Elaine Aaron also described that as having your uh, foot on the gas pedal and at the same time on the brake. So you you want to be with people, but you get overwhelmed as well. So it's, it's a little bit more challenging, I think, if you're an extroverted HSP. Um, because you you still need to be around people and uh, to to have more connections. And so the introvert will be totally happy with working from home, like five, five days a week or six days or however long you work, and just be comfortable with that. But the extrovert is someone who would die if they do that almost they would need like at least a couple of days a week to get to the office and work there because they need the interaction with other people and i think also the high sensation seeking trait which is also about 30 percent of all hsps is also important to know about yourself because you could be an introverted high sensation seeking person as well which maybe you could see is also a little bit conflicting because you you are introverted, you keep to yourself, but you still want to do exciting things and experience new things and and maybe you get bored more easily. So that's a conflicting uh, things about the, about the trait. And isn't it true that one of the commonalities, whether you're an introvert or an extrovert, but the, the overwhelm that can be experienced by an HSP, that can lead to fatigue, right? Yes, yes, definitely. Um, a lot of HSPs, especially if you're not in the right environment, not in the right job or uh, not in the right friend uh, circle or whatever, that you can, because you, when you get overwhelmed, that's when you get tired. So uh, if you're not in the right environment, then you get tired a lot. And if that stays for too long, then it goes from, from bad to worse. And you eventually you can get depressed or uh, totally burned out even. And so, yeah, it's, it's definitely something to, to keep in the back of your mind. How would someone know if they're an HSP? Is it just this this um, DOES acronym and seeing if they check all the boxes or is there a different way? 
Yeah, well, one of the things is indeed the DOES. Um, on the website from Elaine Aaron, there's also uh, a simple test you can find, like it's a questionnaire of 23 questions, and you can answer them with yes or no. And it's uh, her website is hsperson.com, and you can find it there. And it's very easy to fill out that uh, that test and because it's not a real diagnosis you um, so it's it's more of a self-check like uh, am I responding intense to this or uh, so you can you can easily uh, fill out that questionnaire and then you can <laughs> you can take care and make your own conclusions from that and that's a great website I've been there there is a ton of yes. information and resources and information for HSP parents and HSP children. And it's just a wealth of information. And I know that Elaine does a, a ton of research herself. And that's one of the reasons she couldn't talk on the show and be a guest over the show, the times that I have, you know, requested her because she is really, really busy doing more research and getting out there to try to help HSPs in many, many ways. So thank you so much for giving her website out to everyone. Yeah. How would someone else recognize an HSP in the workplace? Yeah, that's a great question. Well, I think um, if you look around, you would see like, um they're they tend to think more before they answer a question they may need some more time to adjust to new situations um especially the introverted hsps and they may struggle a little bit if you put them on the spot um and you will, may also wonder why they always complicate things because <laughs> they bring mm -hmm. the the more th the things up that they see like what what did we think about this or what are we going to do about that and so um, that's one of the things and they always looking ahead. Um, they see a lot of challenges in the future. Uh, and also, of course, if they don't know yet how to uh, deal with their overwhelm, they can be more emotional. I mean, every HSP is in, in, gen in general is more emotional. Um, they have more intense emotions, but uh, it can be really something that you see a lot uh, with other people. We've been talking to Annette Desbart about what it means to be a highly sensitive person. And Annette's been giving us a lot of great information about some of the characteristics and how to tell, how to tell if you are an HSP, how to identify one in the workplace, and then a really great website resource that everyone can go to for more information. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, We'll hear a little bit more about uh, HSP, the trait, what non-HSPs can do to support HSPs, and what some of the challenges are for HSP leaders. So stay with us. We'll be right back. Follow Voice America at Facebook.com forward slash Voice America for juicy updates from your favorite radio shows and podcasts. At MD Consulting, Executive Coach Monique Degnaud provides executive coaching to leaders struggling with workplace challenges and pain points. Unlike other coaching companies that use a Band-Aid approach, we have a specific set of tools and processes to thoroughly root cause and unpack a client's challenges. Our specialized method helps you implement measurable and sustainable solutions to enhance your leadership skills and develop your team. 
Visit www.mdconsultingglobal.com to book a complimentary breakthrough session. The latest business information is made simple with the Voice America Business Network. The professionals in the business world bring you live talk radio shows featuring an array of business topics, strategies for building wealth, sales and marketing, stock trading, investing, and business technology. Voice America business hosts are professionals in their fields and bring to the airwaves weekly business discussions that offer up-to-date information, advice, and education. The Voice America Business Network. The bottom line in business talk. Voice America programs are now available on your favorite connected device, including Amazon, Alexa, and Google Home. Through streams with Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio, listening to your favorite show is as easy as saying the show name followed by the word podcast. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast. If that doesn't work, try adding on TuneIn or on iHeartRadio or on Apple Podcasts. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Welcome back to Leading with Intention with Monique Daniel. Have a question for Monique or her guests? Email Monique at Monique at MDConsultingGlobal.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. You're listening to Leading with Intention. We're here with Annette Desvart talking about the HSP trait. Annette, before break, you were talking about how HSPs in the workplace can make things more complicated. They notice more detail. They call things out a little bit more. I was definitely one of those people in the workplace that did that. And I'm still accused at times of making things very complicated. Knowing that, what can non-HSPs do in the workplace to support HSPs? Um, Yeah, well, I think, first of all, if you treat your HSP employees well, they will be of great value to your organization. Like a happy HSP is a very loyal, very creative and very valuable uh, person for the organization. And so they will see out of the box solutions and and the bigger picture, uh, look further beyond beyond the problem than other people do. And so what do they need to, to thrive, so to say? Um, well, you could give them a little uh, time to take mini breaks. Like if you give like them five minutes each hour, they will be more productive than they than when they won't do that. And so, if you uh, don't allow those those like mini breaks or give them just some some few minutes to center uh, every now and then, and also. Um, some independence in in how to fill in that break time because each HSP is different and they may have different ways of re-energizing. And um, one of the things that's also important is like, if possible, give them some time or a heads up on a question you want to ask them or something you want them uh, their opinion on because we are deep processors. We, we, We take some time to think about all the things. So if you like... Uh, surprise an HSP with a question, they might be like a little bit flabbergasted, like, oh, wow, I don't know. And you get some not too deep answer. But if you like give them a heads up, like I want to have your opinion on this, then they come up with this this great deep processed thought because they see a lot of uh, different topics and a lot of different uh, points that are important for uh, the decision. 
And I think if there's an HSP leader, what I've been seeing in coaching is that HSP leaders who are in big, important meetings, they come to coaching because they, they're they not sure yet that they're an HSP or they haven't even heard of the term. And they come into coaching saying, you know, I'm in these meetings and I don't always know how to respond right away because I like to think things through and it looks really bad on me if I don't give an answer right away. And you can only do so much of saying, I'll get back to you on that. The other leaders are expecting an answer. So it really has has people feeling rattled and unsettled and it causes, a, I think, a lack of self-confidence. Their, their self-confidence mm-hmm. can plummet if they are in these meetings and they can't speak immediately like some of their counterparts. It, what makes it so challenging to be an HSP leader? Um, I think because we often we see we see the bigger picture more than others and we can we can struggle with putting that into practice like if you see all the different dots on the table and you want to connect them it takes time it literally is like a computer that you're I mean the more tasks you give a computer to do the slower it gets in processing everything and that works the same in an HSP brain you need some time to uh, to put those things together. And when you're put on the spot, that creates pressure. And so you get stress and anxiety and like, oh my gosh, I need to get faster. And so th- that is uh, one thing about it. And also often what sometimes comes into play as well is that we have so much empathy sometimes for other people also. Like we we struggle to take the decision maybe that we know is like having so much of a of an influence on other people as well. So um, that may may seem uh, people may think that we're like soft hearted or uh, that we're not vigorous enough or that we're not decisive enough. But and so that can be really challenging as well. But I think that if we get a little bit time and and try to get like upfront the the agenda maybe or what we're talking about um that is it it creates get the information that you need for uh as much as you can that is one thing that is really helpful i think to to have in the back of your mind and you can even explain why and i think the empathy piece is really important a lot of my clients are really highly empathetic as HSPs. And because they are leaders, they're expected to give feedback to their direct reports. And yeah. sometimes, you know, constructive feedback where it's not all positive. And they're so highly empathetic that they cannot give good feedback. They water down the message. They're afraid of hurting the other person's feelings. They're very passive about it. And the way that affects things downstream is that the direct report never really knows that they need to improve. They're not really getting the full message. And then later on their performance evaluation, they are surprised because they get a low rating or something like that. So I Mm. think it it is really hard when someone is highly empathetic. And in, in coaching, I work with them on how to balance good feedback with empathy because you you can still give Uh, critical or constructive feedback and combine it with empathy. So we work on that to, to be able to have them get the message across, you know, pretty um, thoroughly and assertively. 
what would you say are some of the positive things to being a leader with HSP, being an HSP? Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, like I said already, I think like you're better at seeing the bigger picture, um, connecting the dots between things and using our sensitivity for deeper processing the situation that will create better results uh, because of the deeper processing. And also using your empathy in a positive way will make, will make people enjoy working with you. You're a much more uh, empathetic person. And so um, you may see when an employee needs a pat on the back or on, on another kind of encouragement. And so you may see that easier. And so um, there's actually research also that HSPs make better decisions. And so we may take a little bit longer before we do it but we're we're better at making decisions and also uh being very conscientious um having more attention for details um and also looking at the longer term outlook like more looking into the future what kind of effects will this have if we take this decision and things like that more creative is also uh, a positive side um and uh, yeah, we're just very good at sensing the nonverbal communication, which can also be very helpful in a lot of situations. Yeah, I can speak to a lot of that personally, because when I was in the workplace, I may not ever have been the first one to speak up in a meeting. Mm. But when I did speak, I really had something to say. I had a powerful message. What I said was impactful. And it was because I took time to process the information and look at the pros and cons and look at the bigger picture and look at the picture in the weeds. And it did take a while, but then by the time I delivered the information or the message, it was really powerful and people listened. So I can definitely relate to that. How did you get into this work? <laughs> um, yeah, well, I, when I did my coaching training, um, at first I, I wasn't sure which niche I was going to work in. And so I started with life coaching and then all HSPs came to me and I was like, huh, that's interesting. I always knew that I was an HSP for like, I don't know, I think I've known for 30 years by now. And so um, they came to me and uh, I don't know, somehow that rolled on itself <laughs> further and further. They got more and more into learning about it. And also uh, at some point uh, I was asked by Elaine Aaron that she was offering training and to come uh, to that. And so also with my other uh, mentors and, and friends, um, Jacqueline Strickland, I learned so much from her also with, um, and more on the details about high sensitivity. So uh, it, it kind of, the, the, the niche found me, I always say. <laughs> hmm. So your coaching practice focuses specifically on HSPs? Yes, mostly. Ah, okay. Okay. Well, then you're an excellent resource to have out there also, because I, I think a lot of people, you know, they, they get what they can out of other resources like reading materials and training and things like that. But it's good to know that there are people that they can tap into mm -hmm. who are experienced with this and you are an HSP. So you can speak from your own experience and, you yeah. know, and it's relatable to other people. Yeah. 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 Sometimes I also work with, with like people who have like a burnout or that they're very uh, stressed in work situations. And then 
uh, they didn't know before they were highly sensitive and then they find out like, oh, maybe I am highly sensitive. <laughs> ah, so Right, because right, else... the trait can, you know, the all the overstimulation then I suppose can lead to burnout at work, right? Yeah, I think, I mean, the, the thing is, it's it's a neutral trait and it, it you can have a, an awesome, amazing, thriving life with, with being highly sensitive. But if you don't take good care of yourself and you don't have good self-care, good boundaries and, and all the things that go with that, then you you sort of deny that little part of you that that's highly sensitive and you don't take good care of yourself. Then you're more prone to get like depression or get a burnout. And so... It happens a lot that like most people, I'm, I don't know if it's most people, but a lot. If, if the people who have a burnout, uh, if you give them the questionnaire of high sensitive persons, they probably find a lot of yeses in their, in their, uh, in the list because, uh, yeah, we, we get overwhelmed and we get stressed a lot. And so we're also more easily uh, getting into a depression or, or burnout. And we talked about how an HSP leader can be very detailed, very thorough. How else can a leader leverage their trait in the workplace, whether it be working with customers, working with their own direct reports? Is there Are there other ways that it can be leveraged? Um, yeah, well, I think... It, it comes down to what we said a little bit before, that if you use your trait fully and you use all your sensitivity to, to focus on what is going on, what is needed here, and what, is, uh, what would thrive this situation, uh, what would make it thrive, and what is needed, then I think that, that you become a better leader because of it, because you see more details than other people do. Um, I mean, there's so many research on that, that HSPs, they pick out more uh, out of a situation. They see more, they feel more uh, than non-HSPs. And I, I suppose also they, so that would give them the ability to have greater insight into things, yeah. into situations, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, and also what I said before, it's like connecting the dots. You see all the information and then you are able to connect them together and you look further into the future also, like what is going to happen? I mean, you probably recognize this as well in other HSPs too, is that when you think about a topic and you think about the situation, you think like, what if this happens? And then that will happen. Okay, that's not a good thing. So maybe I'll try this thing. And then you see what will happen in the future. Uh, if you do this or if you do that and you think about it, you think it through. And so from that, that whole processing of the situation comes a better decision than if you hadn't thought about all these specifics and details and stuff like that. It needs time, yes, but in the end, it makes you a better uh, leader because you, you, you have a vision. I mean, that's what, what they say about great leaders often is like they have vision, they have intuition that they use, but oftentimes it's like they're sensitive and they just combine all the information into making great decisions. Yes, you're really right. And I think if someone isn't aware of their HSP trait, so they're thinking they're not normal or they're pushing down the trait and they are a leader, 
they're actually doing themselves and their company a disservice because they're not fully using their trait. They're not fully utilizing their intuition and their ability to connect all those dots because they're still in the back of their mind thinking something's wrong and they need to downplay that. So it's, it's really important that people, you know, even if they have an inkling after listening to this, that they might be an HSP, that they go out and take the quiz, find out for themselves because they can then really embrace the trait and do a a lot better as a leader probably than what they already are. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. If you're aware of your trait and you accept it, you will save so much energy of fighting against it, of suppressing it, because once you can, can, if you know, you can use it for other things, for the more positive things. And I know that I've coached also a lot of men and uh, often they struggle with it more, but Mm -hmm. Uh, once they accept it, like, okay, yes, I am, I am more sensitive than other people. And for some men, the word sensitive is like really, really intense. Like they, it's hard to handle, but I mean, there's other ways to, to describe that. Like I have a more nervous, a more intense nervous system. I, I'm processing more, but once you accept that and you use it, I mean, a lot of people in, in the military or in police department, they are also highly sensitive and they're so awesome at it because they have, they use their sensitivity for good, for the, for the details and you need that. If you've tuned in a little late, we're here with Annette Desvart talking about the positives and negatives to being a highly sensitive person and ways to switch your negative mindset into a positive one so that you can really embrace the trait and use it for more good in the workplace and in other roles that you play in life. Let's take a quick break. And when we come back, we'll look at some ways that HSPs can cope better at work and use more self-care. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Voice America is on LinkedIn. Connect with us today. At MD Consulting, executive coach Monique Dagneau provides executive coaching to leaders struggling with workplace challenges and pain points. Unlike other coaching companies that use a Band-Aid approach, we have a specific set of tools and processes to thoroughly root cause and unpack a client's challenges. Our specialized method helps you implement measurable and sustainable solutions to enhance your leadership skills and develop your team. Visit www.mdconsultingglobal.com to book a complimentary breakthrough session. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Are you ready for a disaster? If you are like many people in the world, that answer may sadly be no. 
Disasters happen unexpectedly to people just like you every day. Tune into Preparing for the Unexpected with business continuity and disaster planning expert Alex Bullock. The show will not only help you better prepare for a disaster itself, but also to prepare you, your place of employment, and community for the aftermath emotionally, financially, and with a better level of awareness and a stronger feeling of resiliency. Tune in Thursdays at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Welcome back to Leading with Intention with Monique Daniel. Have a question for Monique or her guests? Email Monique at Monique at MDConsultingGlobal.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. You're listening to Leading with Intention on the Voice America Business Channel. I'm here with HSP subject matter expert, Annette Desbart. We're talking about the HSP trait and how leaders and others can leverage it at work. Annette, HSPs have multiple responsibilities, so it's not just at work. They then go home and they have families and big responsibilities there. And even for a non-HSP, the work and the home responsibilities can be really overwhelming. How does an HSP balance all of their responsibilities? Yeah, well, that's the question, right? <laughs> I think that the most important thing is to to have self-awareness, to, to, to know your trait, to know what it means to be a highly sensitive person. And uh, because once you know how it works, like, okay, I get overwhelmed by this. I know this is going to happen, so I need some time after that. That way you can plan uh, around specific situations that you know will be really intense for you. And so learning the skills to have the self-care uh, in place is, I think, really, really important. And you can, I mean, it, you can do that in, in various ways. And um, because all HSPs are different, uh, because of all the different characteristics that we can have, we we all there's no no one thing like I can say like you should do this and then everything will go perfect. <laughs> you really need to find what is working for you. But learning the skills, how to deal with your overwhelm, uh, knowing how you can keep yourself in an optimal state of well-being, uh, like having. Uh, the awareness, what triggers me? Um, when do I get triggered? And so awareness is is basically really the most important thing uh, because then you are also more able of, of uh, knowing when you use your intuition, when you can share something, when you will uh, use your sensitivity instead of stepping down and just letting things go or not interfering with something or um doing something with it so really learning the skills and <laughs> do the work as they say <laughs> yeah and i i think a lot of hsps downplay their triggers by mm -hmm. being negative toward themselves and saying oh i was triggered again i have to stop letting that happen i have to yeah. ignore that and you know not let it show but actually, those are the things they do need to be aware of, right? So they can use the triggers to manage things, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think often that the, the triggers that we get overwhelmed by, that what happens 
is created by our inner saboteur voices, like, oh, you didn't do this well enough, or uh, the situation triggers an, 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 an experience that you've been through before, and you messed up something, and you get back pulled back into that feeling of, and then you get overwhelmed, or like, we're very perfectionists, uh, almost all of the time. And so when we do something wrong, we can easily go into that, like, oh, my gosh, I messed up, and I did everything wrong. And now people won't like me they won't respect me and they will will see I'm, I'm a fraud and so these are all your inner voices creating also a lot of uh stress for you and so getting awareness around that and knowing how to deal with that is is a great way to like i don't know um to to grow your mental fitness is what i i say often because the more mental fitness you have the more resilience you have in dealing with situations and so controlling that uh that inner voices the saboteurs uh and strengthening your your sage part more is something that is really helpful i think uh, to be less stressed by situations. I've seen a lot of imposter syndrome in mm. HSPs. Yes. <laughs> and now what you're saying all ties in because HSPs are perfectionists. They can be then very hard on themselves. Then their their mind starts telling stories to themselves about how they shouldn't have messed that up. And, you know, it affects the self-confidence and things like that. Mm -hmm. So I see that in a lot of my clients that are HSPs, it's the imposter syndrome. And you also mentioned a point I want to go back to about planning, that mm -hmm. it helps them to plan. Yes. And I think HSPs get a really bad rap because we're not completely spontaneous all the time, <laughs> the way that yeah. others are. And, and we get a bad rap on that because we, we are planners. And I have seen that in my clients also. So the planning piece is really important for them, isn't it? Yes. Yes, absolutely. Because it, it helps uh, get insight on what's going to happen. And I think um, the more you think about something, like if you're going into an important meeting, you know it's going to happen. Uh, like think about like what are the top, maybe you can find out the topics that, that is going to be discussed and to think about like, okay, so what are my points that I want to make about this situation? And to, to the planning comes very, very uh, handy in that case because you, uh, you create the the calmness you need to get into that meeting and i think i think even though it's not so much uh, accepted maybe in in the business world but to have like a sort of mindfulness practice that is something that can also keep you very focused and very uh sharp and so it's um it's something i think we need to become more focused also and it also creates more insight in how you work like uh what i said like what are my inner voices that that make me crazy and make me feel like i didn't do a very good job <laughs> right right so the mindfulness practice is what you would consider part of that mental fitness yes yes definitely um, well, I, I personally, I work a lot with uh, positive intelligence, which is like a, a seven week program uh, where you get all this insight about how to 
uh, how to recognize those specific saboteurs because there's all kinds of different ones uh, like the voices, like if you're perfectionist more, or if you're more like uh, very restless, like, oh, this, this should happen, that should happen. And you're jumping from one thing to another. So there's all kinds of different ones. Uh, and to recognize these voices and to, uh, to calm them, to silence them, basically, and to grow your inner sage is, is like a part of um, uh, a sort of mental, uh, the, the mindfulness practice which gives you more uh calmness and insight to uh to be uh to be to function better to have better focus what are some things that hsps could do in the moment like say they recognize their triggers they recognize the saboteur and they're in the moment maybe they're in a meeting or dealing with conflict or they're a leader that has to give feedback what what are some really good quick tips that they could use for themselves in the moment? Um, I think one thing that is always working well, and you can do that everywhere always, is like taking a few deep breaths because uh, it may sound very simple, but we are often focused on the other person. And we, we, we get lost in that processing, like, oh, they will think this of me and they will think that of me and I'm doing it wrong and you're judging and judging. And so just sitting in your chair or standing, whatever it is that you're doing, you're just taking a few deep breaths and that makes you go inward more like, okay, I'm calming down and I'm, and then asking yourself, like, what is most helpful in this situation? What would I want to say or what do I need to do? And by refocusing your energy it becomes more clear like okay this is important to me so this is what i'm going to say or do uh and so i guess the yeah that's the main thing that is always helping like taking a deep, few deep breaths and then focus your energy again refocus yeah i think the breath work is so important and it is something that can be done in the moment and no one else has to even really know that Absolutely. you're doing it yeah yeah you can be in a room full of people and no one even knows yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It works great, I think, because like I said, we always focus on the outside and to turn that around, that's what when you do the breathing. Mm -hmm. You and I talked uh, briefly before the show, and I had shared with you that I have complex PTSD from childhood trauma, and mm -hmm. I'm an introvert, and I'm an HSP, and I mm -hmm. went into the workplace at the age of 22 and was just completely overwhelmed, was triggered by everything, hadn't yet worked on my trauma, uh, didn't know I was an HSP, had an inkling that I was an introvert. That's pretty much all I really knew about myself. Hadn't done a lot of self-growth work at that point. Um, how does trauma impact people with who are HSPs? What's the link there if there is one? Um, well, I think trauma is, is something that can happen to anyone, obviously. Um, and um, it's researched also a lot with, uh, in combination with sensitivity. And one of the things that the researchers found out uh, with this, and if you want to know more about it, you can go to the website of um, sensitivityresearch.com. There's a lot of research to be found there. Um, but one of the things that they came up with is that HSPs have what is called vantage sensitivity, uh, which means that 
if we learn tools how to deal with something, we are actually better at using them, at, at, at uh, applying them to our situation. Um, they've done, like, for instance, uh, research on, on 11-year-old girls and they got uh, who were depressed and they got like um, tools to deal with that. And after six months, the, the HSP girls were in better shape than the non-HSP girls who got the same tools to their uh, usage. So we're better at learning from situations, from learning new things. Like, how do we deal with this? How do we uh, um, focus on, on better things or how do we cope with it? So uh, the, um, the HSPs are better at applying the tools. <laughs> and that really makes sense because if you are working on yourself and learning about your HSP trait and learning the tools, you're actually building resilience as you're doing that. And then mm -hmm. what you're saying is that those skills and maybe even those tools can be applied to be working on the trauma. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. I mean, we we react more intense to negative situations, but we also react more intense to positive situations, and we're more responsive to positive influences uh, with things. So, if we learn tools to cope with uh, the difficulties that we have, and that includes trauma, then we are better able to to move past it, to learn from it, to um, learn how to make the best of it. Can you share a couple of success stories with us from maybe clients that you've worked with where they're uh, an employee or a leader in the workplace, but they're working with you individually on their HSP trait and you've seen or they've had really big breakthroughs? Hmm, that's always a difficult question, I think. But I think one of the things that uh most people find out when they go through coaching and what i've seen a lot um is when they learn more about their trade when they find out what high sensitivity means how to take care of themselves and also how to set the boundaries which is a very very big deal for hsps and to if you set your boundaries better and learn how to recognize them then life suddenly also becomes easier and so instead mm. of trying to do what is normal for the other 80 percent you learn to make your own rules and then mm. it becomes so much easier you have been listening to Leading with Intention on the Voice America Business Channel. My guest has been Annette Desvart. She is an HSP subject matter expert and has given us a ton of great information about the HSP trait and how to find out more about it. Annette, thank you so much for being here today. I'd like to remind everyone to jump over to my website at mdconsultingglobal.com and sign up for my blog and connect with me on social media so that you'll continue getting all the great information about what guests I'll be having on the show. I will talk with you again next week, broadcasting from Madrid. And until we talk again, don't forget to lead with intention. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of Leading with Intention. 
Our intention is that you walk away from this show today with new tools, techniques, and insights that help you lead more effectively and have greater impact within your company. Until we talk again, have a great week.